This podcast is Shareable. Shareable is presented in partnership with From the Future, a digital strategy agency in Philadelphia, where I'm the chief brand officer. Our team works with a diverse set of clients, and we help them to increase traffic and conversions through world-class content marketing, social media, and SEO strategy. Do you want to know more? Are you interested in working with us? Well, check out ftf.agency on the web to learn more about what we do and how we do it. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I love shareable, but there's not nearly enough Jeff in it. I know how you feel. And that's why we've launched this type of episode. We call it the mic swap, which is kind of a play on mic drop. But it's where I make the guest the host and the host the guest. So this episode, I'm the guest. Hope you enjoy it. Today, my guest is Jeff Hibbard. Jeff is the brand Chief Brand Officer at From the Future, a digital agency in Philadelphia that works with a diverse set of clients to increase traffic and conversions through world-class content marketing, social media, and SEO strategy. He's also a leadership coach, keynote speaker, a podcast host. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Harris. I appreciate it. Jeff, I know you live in Philadelphia. Why there? Um, so I grew up in New York. I was there for the first 18 years of my life. And when I was applying to colleges, I applied to only a handful because I was trying to do a film program, film and media arts, like trying to make movies. And um, of the schools that I got accepted to, one was in Philadelphia called Temple University. Uh, I didn't get into NYU. Um, glad that everything turned out the way that it did. But I moved to Philadelphia to go to Temple University. And basically, as soon as I was done college, I decided to just stick around. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time. Uh, I had big ambitious plans of businesses I was going to start and different things. And uh, one thing, you know, each time I kept thinking about going back to New York, something would come up that would keep me in Philly. And I got to a point where I had been in Philly as long or actually I, I call it my equinox. It was when I turned 36. It, I had been in Philadelphia as long as I had been in New York. So now I consider myself a Philadelphian. It's a great city, man. It's, it's very manageable. Uh, the food's great here. Um, and the city has a lot of character. Philadelphians are very proud. We're a really gritty city. Um, that's our mascot name for a reason. Um, and I, I think you just kind of become part of the Philly team. And it's really tough to leave after that. You know, there's a lot of pride. Yeah, man. I've visited it. I, I know that everyone is very prideful to be from there. Even when people travel, when they say they're from Philly, they puff out their chest and say it with a certain um, pride and it's unbelievable the way people approach the city. Similar to Nebraska, people are always very happy to be from here. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff, you started Shareable uh, after your agency was acquired, correct? Uh, no, I actually started Shareable prior to my agency being acquired. Um, and then I just you know kept running with it. But I had had a podcast um, when I had my prior agency, True Voice Media. I had the show True Voice Media Conversations. And it was, I probably did about 60 episodes where I just did interview style format. And um, we got approached by C-Suite Radio, which is Jeffrey Hazlett's um, network of different like, you know, podcasts and um, uh, video programming and things like that. And they approached us and said they wanted us to join the network. So we decided not to bring our agency podcast to the, uh, to the network and instead start a new show. And it gave us a chance to kind of start fresh. And I'm really glad that we did it because it gave a lot more focus and polish to why Shareable exists. 
Whereas conversations was just kind of like, oh, I find people in digital marketing and I talk to them. In this case, I really was looking to scratch a niche and explore some topics I'm really interested in. So that's kind of how it got started. That was back in, I think it was what, early 2017, I think we started it. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so your company got acquired on that day where the acquisition was final. How did that feel? It was very surreal. Um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, um, I had been, I kind of dealt with the emotional side of it prior to the signing of the documents. The signing of the documents was just kind of like, it's sort of like getting engaged and getting married, right? So you, you getting up to getting married, like, you know, this is a person that you're going to marry, but then once you're married, it's like, okay, well now we're married. Like, that's it. Like not a lot really changed. It was when I kind of came into the office the first day um, after the new year that I realized that everything was dramatically different. And it had been, it's been, you know, two years at this point, um, somewhere around there, almost two years, um, where, you know, just learning and getting my feet wet and understanding how my role is changing and, and all that sort of, sort of, uh, sort of stuff. It's felt really great. Um, I, I love this company. I think we're poised for success far beyond the measure of what my company was going to be capable of. Um, so yeah, it, it felt really good, but you know, at the time of signing, it just was kind of, it was almost anticlimactic to be honest, you know, came in, signed the docs and was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> That's crazy because everyone takes their business as their baby. So you're basically giving your baby to somebody else. Yeah. And, and trust me, it, it was not a decision that was taken lightly. It took a lot of negotiating, a lot of negotiating. I definitely, um, I wouldn't say I played hardball, but I, I definitely wasn't about to, you know, cash out of the business that I had spent seven years building uh, without it being the right type of environment. You know, you're an entrepreneur, you understand that like it's, right. uh, it, it's difficult to find a role that you can be really comfortable in if you're not the sole kind of person calling the shots and everything. So it was definitely, it took about six to eight months of negotiation uh, for us to finally come to, you know, what would this look like? How would it work? What assets would be, you know, would remain mine? What things come over? But we worked it out and it's honestly, it's been one of the best things that's ever happened in my career. Awesome, man. So what does your day-to-day look like today? It's, very different than it was when I ran my own agency. You know, you, you run your own stuff as well, uh, side clients and things like that. So you'll, you'll understand this. But when I ran my own agency, it was, you know, I'm the one sending out invoices, chasing invoices. I'm assigning the work to everybody. I'm doing some of the work. Uh, I'm going out and finding new business opportunities and sending the proposals and the estimates. So I did everything on any given day. I could be working, you know, uh, anywhere between a six and a 14 hour day just to try and uh, stay current with everything. Nowadays, it's a lot different because um, I, I basically have a lot more freedom to pick and choose the things that I want to work on. And ultimately, I'm spending my time really making up for lost time in my own business when I had my own company of working on the business. You know, there's that whole uh, talk about should you be working in the business or on the business. And for seven years, I mostly worked in the business, you know, doing the work, sending out invoices, all that. And now, I have the time to really step back and look at our business and say, how is it functioning? What are our processes? What sort of knowledge management do we need here? How do we communicate internally? How do we communicate externally? So it's a lot of strategy of, about how our business operates more so than being in the thick of operating in the business. So that's a lot of my day-to-day is, um, you know, I'll, I spend a lot of time coaching and mentoring different departments uh, in our business. So I work with our client strategy team who are uh, account and project managers. So I work with them on how we communicate with clients. I spend a lot of time reviewing and tweaking uh, emails to clients and back. 
I talk about our company culture and our people, and I work a lot on how we communicate internally, what systems we have to share information and build and bring transparency across the organization. Um, so I work a lot in that, and then I build a lot of things. So I built uh, a good portion of our project management suite that we use here uh, and make sure that it's operating efficiently as both a client communication tool as well as uh, how we manage our, our projects and tasks and prioritize here. That's awesome. And when you interviewed me a couple minutes ago, we both talked about how, you know, workaho- we're workaholics, you're a recovering workaholic. Uh, what are some hobbies or things you do outside of business to, to you know, live life? I, um, I've definitely, since joining from the future, I've definitely started to utilize vacation days and take personal days and time uh, for myself, which I, I think allows me to be more effective here at work. Uh, and also to be uh, in in service of the people that I work with, uh, because I have the I have the um, I guess the clarity of mind at because of that time off to really work with them. So when I do get that time off, I mean my favorite thing in the world is to spend time with my wife. Um, she is just the world's most fabulous person in my eyes. So I spend as much time with her as I can. I love going out to eat with her. You know, we watch. Uh, net, these Chinese shows on Netflix that she loves so much. They're like these adorable romantic dramas. Um, but outside of that, you know, my own personal hobbies, uh, I like to play basketball. I don't do it nearly enough. Um, I really enjoy cooking. I actually used to be a personal chef back in my early 20s. So wow. me doing food and drink experiments uh, and trying things out and cooking and perfecting that craft is a very meditative process for me. So I do a lot of that. And then um, whenever I get the chance, I don't do this very often, but uh, I do like to play some video games. Um, and then I, I guess finally one, one more piece is that I love writing. Um, and I don't do it nearly enough, but I do get an immense amount of satisfaction from writing. Got it. Awesome, man. It sounds like you're always doing something interesting. You're always, you know, getting the next level in business or your personal life, whatever that seems um, to be. What is one book or... Actually, better yet, what's one book and one person everybody should read and follow on social media? Interesting. Do they have to be, does the book have to be, the, the person have to be the author of the book or can they be separate? They're, they can be separate. Okay, cool. Um, I would say, you know, any, the, the one book that I would always recommend that everybody read would be How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think it's probably one of the most important books that's ever been read uh, or, or written. I mean, uh, it's just so full of you know, great advice. I, I read it like every three to five years. Um, so that would be the book. The person that I would probably suggest following online, man, that's an interesting one because there's like people who are entertaining. There's people who are really, you know, intellectual and intelligent. And, um, and then there's some people that like, they're not really on social media, but they're worth following. So it's a tough one to answer that. I guess I would say, um, you know, ooh. That's a tough one. I, I love Seth Godin. I'm just such a huge fan of Seth Godin and the work he does. But he's not super. He's not on social. He blogs and he has a podcast. So I follow that. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek. I love virtually everything he's ever written. Uh, so I would suggest following him. Um, but yeah, that's a tough one, man. I, it, you know, the the funny part is is that I've been working in social media for a decade, eleven years now at this point, and I don't really use social media that much anymore. I mean, I've just I've really pulled back a lot from it. Um, I don't find Facebook to be particularly enjoyable anymore. Uh, I barely use Instagram except when I'm on uh, on a vacation or something like that. Um, I pretty much just use Twitter and Reddit and I'll, I'll watch YouTube. Um, but I, I've pulled back a lot just because 
uh, I'm not getting the same satisfaction and joy out of it that I used to. So I, uh, I've pulled back a lot in, in terms of like who I follow. It's, I've moved away from following um, kind of like personalities online and more connecting and interacting with people that I actually have an established relationship with that I want to build and nurture. Awesome. And for everyone listening, and Jeff, I'm sure you're part of it, but Simon Sinek gives these uh, daily notes. I think they're notes of inspiration or just notes on business in general or life. And he sends them out Monday through Friday. I think it's at, uh, you can sign up at startwithwhy.com uh, or you can just Google, you know, Simon Sinek's daily notes. I'm sure you can find it. Uh, but he sends really great notes Monday through Friday. And, you know, he's through the notes, he's become one of my favorite people uh, to follow along and learn from. So he's a big inspiration for me as well. Uh, last question, Jeff, what is one failure you've had in the past week? Uh, what was it and how did you overcome it and pivot to make it a positive? Wow. In the last week, huh? Um, you know, I think all of, I, I, I'm going to give it more categorically if that's okay. I mean, I would say that my biggest failure and failures that I consistently run up against and the ones that I'm consistently confronting and working on, uh, especially given that I have an immense interest in leadership is that, um, you know, we have a team of 30 people here and I'm consistently trying to support and serve this group of people that we work with. And the real challenge for me is always to get my own ego out of the way, um, to not take things personally, to, you know, when I build something or I try to make something move forward and it receives critical feedback, uh, to work on how I respond to that. And there have been times where, you know, maybe even imperceptible to the other person, but I know that I'm not responding or taking that feedback in the way that I want to. Uh, or the way that I think best serves them or best serves the final product. So a lot of what I work on and where I'm concerned, and this is something that will happen next week and it'll happen the week after that and it'll happen the week after that. But I will engage with somebody here and they will give me feedback or I will you know, talk to them about how I can help them. And I may say something the wrong way or I may say it uh, or I might not be paying attention when they say something that's really important. I might not be actively listening at that very moment. And they might take it away the wrong way. So I guess... The failure for me is to, to not have achieved perfection in my leadership, in my ability to communicate with all people, regardless of, um, you know, how they're coming to that conversation, whether they're one of my, you know, uh, they're one of my people that I've been working with forever. Or they're somebody new who I'm just learning to interact with. I guess the, the failure is I always need to be better. And that's what I'm constantly working on. And I'm constantly trying to improve myself. Awesome. I couldn't agree more because I struggle with the same thing personally. Yeah, we all do. I mean, it's a human thing, right? Like you're, you're not going to be perfect, but you know, it's, it's the pursuit that I think is the most interesting part. And taking ownership of that, you're not perfect and how can you fix it? Yeah. A thousand percent, man. I don't know if you follow Jay Shetty or not. We're throwing a lot of names out there for the audience, but he had a quote and it, it still sticks with me to this day. Um, unbelievably great guy. Uh, but he said, our perception is not what we see ourselves as it's what I think you think I think of me and that still remains true today. It's not what I think you think of me. It's what I think you think I think of me. <laughs> um, it's kind of a tongue twister, um, but it's still true uh, day in, day out. Uh, we, we look at ourselves through other perspectives instead of just looking within ourselves and fixing the problem ourselves. Yeah, man, that's a really good quote. If you can work out the, uh, the, the variety of different twists and turns in it. Right. <laughs> 
Well, awesome, Jeff. Thank you for being on this episode. If there's one word I can say about this episode, it was definitely shareable. Wait, the show's not over yet. I have some important announcements. If you made it this far, you're clearly a dedicated fan or you're in the middle of vacuuming and just haven't hit stop on your podcasting app. Whatever the case, we want to thank you. We're not just music to your ears, we're music to your inbox. If you subscribe to our email list at sharablepodcast.com slash subscribe, not only will you get access to our private Facebook group, you'll also get all of our blog posts, newsletters, special announcements, and more. You won't find any of that in your podcast feed. You can follow the show at shareable underscore pod on Twitter and just shareable podcast on everything else. You can find Jeff online at jeffgibber.com and you can connect with me on Twitter at Caroline Sohn because I don't have a website yet. So go ahead, call us, leave a message, subscribe to our list, leave a rating, review us on iTunes, tell a friend, tell your mom. If she's like my mom, she'll love it. And now for the thank you portion to all the folks that make this podcast possible. Shout out to DJ Quads for the use of our theme song, Always, and Ahamitsu for the use of our outro song, Adventures. And a big thank you to Ray Bueno for all of that sexy production value. 